Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we discuss The Energy Bus by John Gordon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. Hey guys, this is Nick Kleitsch, the the co-host, the voice, uh, and with me as always are my good buds, uh, Jeremy Machino and Cole Szynski. Gentlemen, how are we? Nick, I, I don't know if I can describe my uh, my weekend any way other than saying full. I uh, I was a groomsman for our, one of our former guests, Sam Palmer, in his wedding this weekend. Had a complete blast, but also we uh, we were struck with a little tragedy this weekend. One of our one of our good friends. Colton Gotterman, uh, he passed away tragically in a, in a car accident. So, you know, balancing between those two is, is kind of been, I, I'm not, I would say probably difficult to say that, to, you know, kind of sum it up. So it's, it's been a full weekend full of uh, love, laughter, entertainment, and, uh, and, you know, just mourning the, mourning the life and passing of uh, Colton Gotterman as well. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, we... Obviously, for for people who don't know, we plan these things out in advance, and we 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 have an idea of what we're going to talk about each and every time we come on, and and each and every episode we put out. But when you have something tragic like that, especially that hits home, um, because it's someone you knew, or it's someone you were around for for a, a long duration of time, um, it's it's interesting. But you know, we. We were going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about John Gordon's energy bus. And, um, you know, I think these two guys would also agree with me that that's one thing that Colton Gonnerman exemplified was, you know, his persona, as the three of us agreed off air before, right before we got on, was that he was an energy bus. And he, every single day, that guy was filled with positive energy and he was willing to lay it out for his teammates and his friends. And um, I think that's what should be remembered most. Uh, about Colton and, and obviously our thoughts and prayers are with his family and with his closest friends um, and we we wanted to make sure that we we mentioned it on here we don't want to shy away from it we want to we want people to know that we we understand what's going on in the world and we you know we're people too we have emotions obviously we we just want to use our platform in a different way and hopefully um, hopefully that can be in a positive way yeah no doubt man well I, I appreciate you sharing that and uh i was very fortunate enough to uh to be pretty good friends with colton and uh some of my close friends were, were very close with him and uh the one thing i'll say about him and in, in comparison to a lot of other folks that i've met in my life is uh that this kid always had a damn smile on his face and and he never seemed like he was having a bad day and uh always could come to him to to goof around and uh, to make sure everyone's spirits were were up and high, and uh, I think it was so timely and and could be one of the works of the good Lord to have us talking about the energy bus here on this episode and uh, in the inspiration from the persona of of Colton here. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and and or excuse me, right before we get in, uh, in honor of of Colton, he was a big hunter. Uh, for all those people prepping for the hunt here on State Street, why don't you go ahead and turn us on here in the back? But we're gonna go ahead and get right into things. So uh, we read uh, the energy bus by. John Gordon. Uh, this is the, Cole, I believe the second or third book in John's set. Uh, for me, it was the first book in, in his set. Yeah. 
Well, we had uh, we had purchased a set from him um, that we are going to tackle here in the coming weeks. Actually, the Shark and the Goldfish was the very first book on that, but we had done the Strength Finder. But this one was a little bit different. Uh, still, John brings kind of a, a fun yet, uh, I don't want to say childish. This wasn't necessarily a childish book compared to the Shark and the Goldfish, but it wasn't necessarily a really in-depth um, story by any means. But he has a really nice way of crafting a, a good story along with some really powerful messages. Yeah, he. It, it's another one of those things that I think I've at least come to learn about about his his writing and his style of writing is he's very in your face about his message. Uh, he kind of has a fun way of going about it. Obviously, as we did talk about the shark and the goldfish, and that was there were some pictures in that book, and there was there was a lot of uh, just kind of fun fun little parts of it that that made it kind of funny and childish to read. This one more so talks about the journey um, of a gentleman that. S- is struggling in life. He he has a lot of negative energy. Things aren't necessarily going his way. And and as we're going to talk about, it covers how um, he has to to shift his thinking. He has to shift his attitude uh, towards marriage, towards work, towards towards a lot of things in his life, towards getting a flat tire even. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's just a few of the things that that people deal with on a daily basis. Obviously, as as we just talked about, you know, it, we all go through through negative situations. And, and we all have negative things happen in our lives, and it's um, it's obviously tragic, and 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 it's sad that that's how the world is. But it's also um, our attitude and our mindset and and our energy, as as we talk about, as John Gordon talks about, is is what uh, what allows us to keep moving forward. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and dive right into the the book, but also one of the bigger first takeaways we had. Um, so I think the the very first thing I noticed was when when oftentimes we get into a rut. Uh, the, the bus driver in this book is what some people that don't like outgoing and optimistic people as annoying. <laughs> so she is someone that has a huge smile. Uh, she's always beaming with energy and this guy gets on the bus. And, and to me, when it just like the way John described his situation is like, it's almost to the point when you get into a rut where you don't even want to hear from positive people. Would you agree with that? Or like, it, that's just kind of one of the first things I, I took away. I definitely have even had personal experience where I'm having just a horrible day and I don't want uh, a single positive thing to be said around me where it's, it's like, just, just don't even talk to me. And if you, I'm almost going to bite your head off more if, if there's something positive said, because it's just, it's almost like, let me be sad. Let me be negative here. And, and obviously, uh, it's not, that's not necessarily the best way to live. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely relate to that. There's definitely days I walk around and like someone tries to like, like say, oh yeah, good job or something like that, or like try to pump me up. And I'm like, dude, just leave me alone for a second. Let me let me have my time. Give me give me like an hour, and I'll, I'll come back better. But just please leave me alone right now. Well, I think those are all, uh, or we hope them to be very short term moments, and and that's what was a powerful message in this. Is you can definitely have. I mean, gosh, we uh, we've all had some really high highs and some really low lows, and. When you're in those low states, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to see the the other end of the spectrum, and uh, it's tough to be able to look at the the sunshine and the positivity. And you may not even understand it in the moment, uh, for goodness sakes. But there always does seem to be a positive light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that even in the introduction that you know, because when I was going through this book, I was highlighting different things that really just stuck out to me, or maybe that impacted me, or something I read that just clicked with me. It didn't matter what it was, and even when I was reading this introduction, um, there was a line that says, "No one goes through life untested," right? And it's when when those tests do come, whatever whatever kind of a test they are, or the 
the extent of the test, whether it's a really serious test or maybe it's just a little blip in the road. Uh, it, it's what can we take away? How can we spin this into a positive? How can we make this or, or how can how can this test make us better? Yeah, and I, I like how he says and mentions multiple times how positivity is like a muscle you have to flex and almost a perception to look at through life because he has a flat tire in the uh, beginning part of the book that like gets him on this energy bus and he in the moment is like, God dang it, like another flat tire, another thing that's not going my way and just really kind of compounding the negative events happening there. And how often in life do we guys like just have those moments like, when I got fired from, you know, my job with COVID uh, and or other serious events that have that have happened of late, it's like there there's just no way you can see that positive end of the light, you know? Yeah, I mean, so with all this like pandemic stuff and it's super easy, like you said, to get negative and get in that rut. And I think a a very positive thing you can do is to use this time to self-reflect and and find areas where you're deficient in. And and then you can make turn those into positives. For for example, I uh I'm not a good speaker and I've been doing this podcast now for what this is will be our 21st episode. So I mean that's a that's a huge positive for me for me to be able to sit in a sit in this room for 21 episodes and put my voice live on air for whoever uh, that wants to listen to it that's a huge positive for me and I've been I've been taking this time to you know work on things that I probably wouldn't have had time to uh, to work on when I was working or in school. That's a great outlook, man. I uh, I know I've known you obviously for a very long time, but I I didn't know. Um, you know, this would be looked at for you as a skill building thing or or kind of putting yourself out there. So it's refreshing to hear. And uh, anytime we get those opportunities, it it does take and help us if we just give it a little bit of time to self-reflect like you're talking about. Because in the moment, my goodness, some some things is, is, I mean, even as as far as death, I mean, you just never understand why. And and you're so frustrated and these feelings overwhelm. And, you know, in time, those things do come and you get to look back like, for my job, for example, I got to look back and I ended up making two placements after that period. And in the time I was like, what the heck? You know, this, why is this happening to me? Boo me. Like, why is this happening to me? You know? And then certainly, you know, path comes back, I get back on and, and then those things happen and I'm over here like, woo. So it's, it's all a matter of perspective. And, and I do think that over time we gain an understanding of why these do things uh, happen the way they are. But um, Cole, let's talk a little bit about how uh, he starts to like, kind of open up to Joy's 
like big smiles and, and some of her lessons because it takes a little bit for him to like lean into it and like even be open to being positive. Right. Obviously, you know, as you said to begin with, it was, I mean, the first day he stepped on this bus, you know, his marriage is in shambles. He, you know, for, for just a little background on the book, he's got this big launch. He works at a company called The N, letter NRG company. They're an energy company. They're a light bulb company. And they've got this big launch that he's completely behind for. His team hasn't worked hard. They're they're a complete mess. Like I said, his marriage is in shambles and he gets a flat tire of all things, right? And he's literally like, what else can go wrong? And the that, that next thing that can go wrong, quote unquote, in his mind is he gets this overly positive bus driver who is determined to change this guy's life. And yeah, it it, it takes a day or two of Joy, her name fittingly is named her name is Joy, uh, to to kind of to kind of break down his walls and um get him even talking or get him even listening and uh, obviously once once that happens and as we as we talk about this a little more you know you guys are gonna hear kind of those things he learns but um some real changes are are, are made in his personal life and his professional life and they they begin to trickle over into work and into family time. Yeah, it can be troubling to know when you get into a certain spot in life that you feel, I don't know if helpless is the right word, but he just kind of scratches his head and he he almost feels defeated. And that's why it's so timely that he does get on this bus is because uh, right when the universe is completely transpiring against him, uh, he has the ability to meet joy. And sometimes we meet people in life that, that we never would have anticipated a relationship happening for the best. I mean, shit, we were living in college, you know, prior to the podcast. And I don't think in a million years, if you would have asked us in school, if we would have followed through with this, this darn thing, but here we oh, are, no. you know, <laughs> I think, yeah, if you would have asked us in, uh, in college, if we were to start doing a podcast while we were in college, I don't think any of us would have been able to start it or actually, uh, carry on with it like we have today. So we're, we're a lot different in, in that kind of sense. Well, and to that point too, um, sorry, not to, not to cut you off, Nick, but one thing, one other thing that I highlighted that it kind of relates to this point, and it kind of even relates. Obviously, it obviously relates to to the book and George, our main character in this book. Um, you know, we didn't. You know, at that time, we weren't the most responsible people. And one thing that that in this book that just really struck me is if if you don't take responsibility for your life and control of your bus, your energy bus, then you can't take it where you want to go. And at at you know, in college, we're living together you know, it's, we're not responsible. We're, we're doing dumb shit. We're thinking about baseball. We're thinking about where's the next party at this weekend, all kinds of different stupid things that frankly, college kids think about, but, but, you know, normal people and, and people who have a direction and people who have taken responsibility of their life, uh, you know, those things are, are put on the way on the back burner. And, um, obviously that was kind of the, one of the first things that our main character here in the book had to do in order to really get these 10 rules of the energy bus through his skull and, and start to be, or begin to put them into practice. I loved how he started here. He, he could have put this in a different spot in the order. And so just for a point of reference, there are 10 rules that he learns on the bus. And I don't know if we'll get to all of them here, but uh, some of the ones that stood out to us, but I love how that one's number one prior to, to some of the other ones is like the realization that you are in the driver's seat of your life and you want to either a be the driver's seat in other people's life sometimes maybe too much or b take more control of your own steering wheel and know that at the end of the day you are the one driving the vehicle which can be both scary but 
yet optimistic a little bit. Yeah, I think the thing I run into the most with uh, with people is they're not willing to take in full control of that that bus where maybe they're not ready to accept the the consequences of their actions or maybe they're just not ready to take on that responsibility and sometimes it it, it can get a little frustrating because we all take we all take um time to to learn these things but i think yeah that's like the biggest thing i see is people just they're not taking control of of their bus and you know one reason too that that might be jeremy is it's obviously when when you're really when you're genuinely excuse me when you're genuinely ready to take responsibility and and take the wheel of that bus it can be kind of a scary thing because i mean let's face it anytime you take on responsibility it 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 adds just a little more to to your your plate right i mean we all we all have a full plate already with life and it's when you take on a little bit more responsibility if you haven't already it's it's just one other thing to maybe stress about if if that's where your head's at and the one thing that I wanted to say, just because it tied in, is realistically, when you take responsibility of your energy bus or your life, it's it's literally it's a matter of of one thought, it's a matter of one one belief and one action or one choice at a time. It's not like you're having to do a bunch of these things. It is a matter of one choice. Maybe you wake up on a Monday morning and it's it's time maybe that's that's the day you decide to make that choice and that's the that's the biggest step yeah and this isn't to say we have to you know tra- or rewrite the rewrite the bible or or remake the wheel you can you can literally just take piece by piece um bites of the responsibility and you'll get there over time so like i'm still not i would say 100% responsible independent i still live with my parents however i lived with my parents 4 years ago my freshman year of college, I was much less responsible. And over that time, I have, I've gained the trust and of my parents through my responsibility to where I basically do my own thing. I live at my parents' house. The, the only thing that's really held me back from getting out of here is the pandemic. So basically, from the responsibility I've gained over the past four years, I have been able to basically become self uh self sufficient at that point. Well, and to add on there, Jer, I think it's it's liberating when you know you're in oh, yeah. control. Like it's completely liberating to know that you're not doing under the things under the circumstances of anyone else but your own accord in some sense cuz I think that we do tend to make decisions based on other people maybe or, or what their opinions are or parents or aunts and uncles etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but it's quite beautiful when you understand like you are the driver hence the or in relation to the book of of where this thing is going and you don't necessarily know the path i mean that that's more step 2 and we'll get into that but uh, the, the most important thing, though, is is to say I am in control. We can go at 100 miles an hour. We can go at five miles an hour. But I, I am going to take control here and be in the driver's seat. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. And, and something I struggled with a lot is coming up with stuff you want to do and becoming responsible in that uh, in that sense where we've been fed basically homework instructions, um, tutorials our whole life throughout college, high school, middle school, elementary school, preschool. And the scariest thing I think for a lot of people is taking that final step and saying, I want to take control of what I do. And it's, it's hard because what, 20 years of our life is spent being told what to do. Now you're, you're expected to flip the switch and decide what you want to do. I mean, 
it, it's one of the biggest things I see that people struggle with. So just for the people at home who, who maybe may not have read, read this book, I am literally following along, okay, in this book, page by page, and we're, we're hitting all of these things that are talked about at the beginning and, and into the middle of this book. And Jeremy, it's so interesting you bring that up because one of the things that's talked about um, kind of early on in this book, after we get past the taking responsibility and and grabbing you know the wheel of, of your own energy bus, is unfortunately the realistic side of it is sometimes it takes a crisis for for a lot of people to change and find that direction. Maybe you know there's a quote in here that says sometimes we have to see what we don't want to know what we do want, and hopefully there's hopefully a lot of people can find that without having to go through something traumatic or something difficult. Um, but a lot of people unfortunately do have to have to find that by either having to push through a job they really hate or going through a difficult experience of losing someone, you know, just as, as we're experiencing, or even, um, going through something that what, whatever the case may be. I mean, there's, there's infinite amount of, of things that could be unfortunate events in a person's life that may lead to direction. It's literally a matter of realizing those events and turning them with, you know, using the positive energy and, and the responsibility that you've taken on to find that direction and, and find the path and, and begin to figure out what that looks like. Yeah, because he's the second one he talks about is is defining or at least giving yourself a direction to shoot for or to go. And uh, I think the the ugly truth that we could all admit is there's so many things that happen that that we don't agree with. You know, the things that we wish man would would never happen or we couldn't even think about that happening, and and they do. And unfortunately, we have to try to be as proactive as possible to, to handle these and, and respond in a positive way and not a negative way. And, uh, you know, he uses the example of a, fl a flat tire, but some other things. But I do think it's so important when you're able to gain that control to be able to know that these things happen to everybody and, and, and people handle it in different ways. Uh, but what's most important is being able to continue to, to keep that long-term path. And and just do what the best you got at the time. I mean, I don't think George knew what the end result was going to be. I think he was starting to figure it out as as he was meeting with Joy and starting to warm up to her a little bit and, and her positivity. Um, but I do think that that is something that we need to make sure we take into control is that not everything is going to be figured out. There's going to be things that happen. And, and, you know, George starts experiencing that for both the positive and the negative. But as the book gets through and through, it's it's more positive and more positive. Um, so just talk a little bit, Cole, on like how he starts seeing more positive things in his life or, or he starts seeing things really start opening up for him. So I, yes, yeah. Nick, I mean, Nick, you're exactly right. And I think one thing that, um, that led to this early on was Joy, this bus rider or this bus driver, I'm sorry, uh, had him, had him do an exercise and it was simply, it, it was an exercise that actually a lot of athletes will use. Um, I'm sure Jeremy being kind of an analytical guy can attest to this. And obviously the three of us played collegiate sports, so we can all attest to, to some form of this exercise, but visualizing success or visualizing what you want, you know, the, in the book, she has joy has George, um, uh, basically visualize every single day for 10 minutes what he wants, whether it's him creating the life he wants or gaining something he wants or accomplishing something he wants. And she had him write down specific things on a piece of paper. And 
every day for 10 minutes, whether he was sitting at his desk, he was eating lunch, he was at home with his family, uh, he was even on the energy bus. He was supposed to, to look at this piece of paper, close his eyes, and visualize what those things looked like and visualize also, uh, as we've talked about on other podcasts, the process or that path that how he was going to get to that success and accomplishment. Yeah, I think the, the best analogy I can give this is, is pitching. As a, as a pitcher, I basically visualize the entire at-bat that I'm about to have before I, uh, the guy steps in the box. So I, I watch his practice swings, and, and more often than not, I watch like um, his mannerisms. And if, if he looks scared, I'm busting him fastballs that hole at-bat. I'm visualizing high inside fastballs that hole at-bat. And, and that may change. Um, he gets a hold of a fastball and follows it off. Then I'm uh, visualizing the rest of the at-bat. If he got a, got a hold of a fastball, okay, I'm going to go slider inside, and then af- I'm going to break a changeup off to the outside following that pitch, and then hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get a punch out and uh, life will be good. But every, basically every at-bat that I, uh, I have, I, I'm visualizing, and I know what I want to do, and there's specific places I want to go with the baseball that will give me success. Well, and it's interesting too, the, the concept of the things we think about are the things that we attract. And it's, you know, to, to Jeremy's point as a pitcher, when, you, when you're thinking, man, I'm rolling, or man, these hitters can't touch me, or even as a hitter, from a hitter's perspective, when you're thinking the ball looks like the size of a watermelon, or uh, like, I have you go to the plate thinking I have the hot hand. There's no like nobody can get me out right now. It's funny how those are the things that that we can attract, and it's it's not an ill-fated thought. It has to be something very genuine, and it has to be something very real. And that's when you get that attraction, um, because vice versa, when when you complain about things, you get more things to complain about. That's simply how it goes. Yeah, that was the the really fun turning point and mindset for George's. We saw early on <clears throat> he was having multiple things not going his way, and we could see that that momentum because momentum doesn't have a bias. M- momentum doesn't care if you're positive or negative. It's going to come to you whether you like it or not. So unfortunately, to start, he was seeing the negative momentum of life, never seeing to you know work out for him, never got you know the good relationship with his wife rolling and stuff like that. But as he goes through the process, he starts seeing things uh, more as they are and, and more truthfully, and then almost morphs into being able to start seeing things more positively. And I think that when we can do that, A, it provides more opportunity just to have a little bit more happy happiness in our life. But when momentum finds us, like you were saying, Cole and, uh, and Jeremy in, in sports, but also in life with, with sales or uh, with any type of occupation uh, or maybe building up your career, there's a great momentum that can come with us, especially when you start seeking out more positive things. And uh, a big point that I, I do not want to make sure I forget on this is just the essence of somebody that has positive energy can just change the way that you go about your day-to-day business. And Joy mentions in there, she goes, George just didn't quite have uh, maybe the pep in his step that, that she does notice in some other people that do have it figured out. Uh, again, not figured out completely, but just enough. Uh, and I think it's so important to cultivate that for ourselves is try to be that person that has a little bit of the pep in the step. And uh, I will mention it just because I, I do know that the Gonnerman is top of mind, but he was somebody that when he showed up to the ball field, I mean, he was pep in the step, carrying a jukebox half the, half the time to make sure everyone was vibing well. And when you get a couple of people that you can be around like that, man, it, 
it, it dramatically, or dramatically, got to figure out how to talk here, dramatically changes the environment that, that you can perform and, and that really you live. Yeah, it it's definitely helps a ton. And like, I'm super competitive as, as a pitcher. So naturally, I get upset with myself when I don't execute something. And having other negative energies around that just feeds into that. Where if I'm around dudes that are, you know, super positive and they're congratulating me, maybe I, I you know, threw a bad pitch, but I still struck the dude out. I'm, I'm pissed at myself because I threw a bad pitch. They're happy because I struck the dude out. Whereas I'm negative and I'm around negative people where I struck the dude out and I missed my spot, they're going to point out that I missed my spot. Like I've, I've had teammates where I've literally struck out the side and they come up to me and say, hey, you missed your spots. And I'm like, okay, now I just feel like shit. Where, whereas these teammates who um, come up and say, hey, good job, you're doing great, it just makes me a lot, it makes me feel a lot better. Because, you know, negative energy just feeds more negative energy where their positive energy kind of just helps me out and, you know, neutrals me out a little bit or else I end up getting really pissed off. Well, Nick, it's really interesting, actually, that uh, you brought up Gonerman and obviously we're talking about teammates and, and we're talking about all kinds of different different things as, as a part of our life as it pertains to the positive energy. But, you know, just really quick, one specific memory of Gonerman that I do have that kind of ties into this point and kind of the point you were talking about is there was a day we were tearing down a fence. And I remember he was the very first person to jump in his truck, pull it around, and he like he like I mean he was he was gonna drive that truck anywhere anywhere possible to like to make to make our make everyone else's job easier. And it it was just it was so cool as I look back now and obviously I reflect, but even even in the moment I was like, I mean, this guy is gonna make our lives a whole hell of a lot easier. And that's literally that's that's the positive energy mindset is just Take responsibility and act on it is literally what that came down to. And that's something that you really have to admire. And obviously that's something that, that we're really trying to get across in this episode. Yeah. So for all of our listeners, um, I just want to point this out. Next time you go somewhere in a, in a social environment or a work environment or a personal uh, situation, keep your eyes and ears open for both negative and positive people and just listen to some of the things that they say and uh, how they go about their business. And are these people feeling me up? Like, do I get pumped up when I'm around these people? Or, you know, are these someone that it's like, "Mm, man, I, you know, I'm kind of counting the the clock right now to see when I can get away because, you know, they're kind of maybe subconsciously bringing me down a little bit. And that was just something that someone that is high energy as myself, I just, I really took a lot from, from knowing that Colton was one of those guys that just always brought it. And it was just so fun to, to be around. And uh, I hope I get to meet, man, a plethora of other folks that share a similar energy and, and desiring to, to help people. But uh, what can be really powerful, and, and we'll go ahead to get to the, the second portion of the book here is developing a team and being able to get like-minded individuals on in the same energy bus heading in the same direction that's when some really powerful stuff can happen and, and nick really like I, I i'm excited to get to that and just before we do i, I want to touch on one other thing kind of in the the beginning part of this book um and obviously to your point you know when when you're in any sort of social setting even just take a moment to to look around and, and understand what you're grateful for because in the book, it talks about the one great golf shot theory, and obviously great, you know, another sports sports um, theory. But this one, I mean, this one's super true, and, and this one goes even, you know, on a deeper level of 
when you know, when someone goes and plays a round of golf, when you know I do when I, I know when I do specifically, when I think back, I think back on all the really good shots I hit. The balls that I hit two feet from the pin, or maybe that long putt I sank, or maybe I drove the ball, I, I absolutely crushed the ball off the tee with a driver. And those are the things that get you to come back the next time, right? To pay that $40 fee to come play 18 holes of golf or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I, you know, it, it boils over to, to life too, because if you can program your brain, as you know, a lot of great people, a lot of great successful people do to look at maybe even the littlest positive thing. You know, you could have had an absolutely terrible, terrible, non-productive day at your job. But if, let's say, you got an email um, as a thank you for something you did maybe a week ago from somebody, I mean, that's a win. That's that one great golf shot that, that's going to bring you back and that, that may fill your tank up and, and re-energize you to, to be double, be, you know, two times productive uh, the next day or, or absolutely come back and crush it for the rest of the week. Man, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I also just want to add on that I want to, that was one thing of a biggest takeaway for me. I, I've read a lot of personal development books and uh, they, they sometimes often have a reoccurring theme of these things, but I really wanted to try to make it a focus to look at all the positive things in this world and amidst a time where th- there's really not a lot of positive things going on. And and trying to be the positive light, I think, is, is so much more valuable. And I think people can really remember you for doing that. Um, but there was just one little itty bitty, like, not even like a crazy quote here. It just said, George, or had George saying, it's just amazing how positive energy works. Like, it, it just had noticed that would that ran through George's brain. And, and it's just so true. When you really start seeking those things out and, and the positive momentum is, is building for you there. Um, but yeah, so uh, for our podcast, we, uh, you know, obviously me and Cole were talking a little bit, but we added on Jeremy. And, and we feel like when we first started, it was pretty rocky. And, and we didn't know roles very well. And, and there were some technical things that sucked. But we had to do some of the, the own energy bus methods here. We had to look at each other to see, are we going to do this? Are, are we serious about it? You know, whose energy is positive, who is negative, and, and can we work through that? So uh, what were some of the initial things that, that you guys had in your heads as we were like reflecting back on this specifically? Well, I think for me, um, it, it, it ties back to the book. And obviously, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't read the book when we started this, but, but as I did, like, it's, it's funny just how things click. And rule number four says, invite people on your bus and share your vision for the road ahead. And I think that's exactly what we had to do. You know, as we've talked about numerous times, and we're going to continue to talk about this, you know, this whole thing started from uh, Nick and I talking just randomly on a couple Sunday nights, like keeping each other up to date on how our lives were going, maybe holding each other accountable when we are going through a few things. And we had to take a serious look and say, you know, we have this, we have a vision for, for what our lives want to look like or what we want our lives to look like. And, and specifically, you know, if we're going to do this podcast, here's the vision we want, we want to have. Um, and frankly, you know, there were some weaknesses that, yeah, led to, to bringing Jeremy on. And that's exactly what, what makes this trio so successful and, and a lot of fun, quite frankly, because we do all have, have a similar vision. Obviously, we don't agree on everything. And as I like to say, we don't, agree, we don't all agree on everything because that would make us the same person. And, you know, we're not the same people. We all think differently. Obviously, if you listen to our last podcast uh, about strength finders, you're going to understand that we all have a lot of different strengths. And frankly, they tie in beautifully. Um, and, and so, you know, for me, looking back, thinking about the, the journey 
that we've had and obviously the journey ahead. That was one thing that was super critical, man. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very, very thankful that, that we're here. We're at, we are where we at today. Yeah. I mean, when you guys first, uh, first contacted me at the podcast, I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. But Nick and technology. Oh boy. Hold on to your jock straps, boys and girls. That, yeah, that was like my biggest concern. But knowing if we could get past the technical issues with Nick, we would be in a very, very, very good spot because Nick is a tremendous public speaker. So his weaknesses are my strengths. His strengths are probably my weaknesses. So we all, uh, like, we work together perfectly. And, like, we know our roles. We know what we need to do to be ready each week. And we know how to come together to create a great podcast. Yeah, and I just want to share this for those that that may wonder about this. But, like, we didn't just, like, have this happy-go-lucky experience where we all came together and walked down, you know, fairy tale lane and everything worked out beautifully. Like, there's going to be some rocky spots. I mean, that's exactly what he's talking about in the book is like, there's going to be some spots that you have to look each other in the, in, in the eye and, and also in the mirror to see, do you really want this thing? And uh, if you do, what, what, a, what type of person do you want to be and, and bring to make this thing successful? And uh, Jeremy, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the weaknesses that I have or your strengths. I think that me and you probably came closer together and we're really actually starting to enjoy each other's presence now to where we are at episode you know whatever 2021 rather than when we first started because I know for a fact you were very frustrated with me like I knew that and and I was frustrated at some of the communication too but it's so good that like if you keep coming back and I think you might have a point to this but if you keep coming back and working with people and bring the right positive energy things will work out if they're meant to be yeah I mean for all the listeners that that don't know, we actually recorded a series of trial episodes to to like figure out if we could actually do this thing. And our first episode, Nick's audio literally did not record. So our first trial episode was me and Colt talking with a bunch of dead air where Nick was supposed to talk. And I mean, <laughs> that's as rocky as it gets. Like you're you're missing a whole one third of the audio. And it was like, we can't even like shoot this out to people to listen to because they're going to have no idea what's going on since most of the big talking points were brought up by Nick. And, and we've learned and we grew from that. We, we got Nick into a, a better situation with this computer where now we can record audio and, and rely on it. And now Nick doesn't have to worry that, you know, 40 minutes of his audio isn't going to even show up because his computer didn't work. And I mean, we got past it. And because of that, I think we're, we're a much better podcast now. Well, we're a much better team and, and doing the Strength Finder helped out too to understand each other more. But the thing I'm most impressed with and, and with anyone trying to build a team of good like-minded individuals is what's the, the what's the tenacity level? You know, what's the level that you're willing to go in and, and the hours you're willing to spend with these individuals to make the dream a reality? And, uh, you know, you, we talked jokingly about off air like, I still can't believe we're doing a podcast and we're actually, you know, pumping out episodes like we are. I mean, we feel like we're at a, a pretty good spot and, uh, you know, being able to turn that into a reality was a really cool moment for us, but we wouldn't have been able to do that had we not been a little bit more like on the edge of positive and optimistic and <laughs> willing to work with each other rather than, you know, some of the negative or, or energy vampires, as John calls it. Uh, sometimes you got to get those people out of your life and uh, it's hard to do, but um, yeah, that was one thing I was glad to see that we're, we're meshing a little bit better than what I thought we were going to. 
Well, and, and as Nick talked about, you know, a team or whether it's it's colleagues at work or even a family, you know, there's a quote in here from Abraham Lincoln that I'm going to I'm going to tweak just a bit, but I think it's something that's super important that leaders of a team and even, you know, if if you're designated as a follower of a team at a certain point, it's important to know and it's we are not bound to win, we are bound to be true. True meaning true to ourselves as individuals. Uh, we are not bound to succeed but we are bound to live up to the light that we have. And I think that's really interesting because each one of us uh, on this podcast and, and each one of us in our professional setting and each one of us uh, among our families, we each have a di- different personality. We each have a different light within us that, um, frankly, is, is meant to shine and is meant to, to show through. And that's, that's when... Um, that's when a person is willing to to get on your energy bus and and obviously you have to make the decision to get on their energy bus and what when when that that quote applies to you but i just, i just found that so powerful because i think that applies so amazing to any sort of team or any sort of relationship or friendship or family that that we have um because it doesn't necessarily promise success or winning or great things but it promises being true to oneself and, and frankly, at the end of the day, being happy with, with the, the effort and being, being happy with yourself, um, no, matter, no matter the outcome of things that we can't control or things that are, with, that are outside of our control uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, because he, he mentions family, too, and, and that's a hard one because we're born with that. We're, we're not able to, to change that. I, I think some people may want to, <laughs> but we'll leave that to be uh, an unchangeable fact. Uh, really quick here, for those prepping for the hunt uh, on State Street, make sure you're you know getting a good bowl of chili in you and, and wrapping things up here before you get out on your venture. Uh, we got a, a, a one more couple, or excuse me, a couple of good things uh, here to wrap things up, but one of the things I did want to touch on as well, too, too, um, that I not only admired about uh, Colton, but just uh, I think is very important in relation to this book is live your life with some purpose, man. And, and I don't think that that kid ever did not have a, a good purpose to what he was doing. He, he always wanted to get after it. And, you know, whether we were playing ping pong upstairs or, or golf or pick up basketball or, you know, when we had to get super competitive and, and go conference for baseball and, and just as a person, uh, I felt that was one, another thing I wanted to take away from him. And uh, I try to live my life to, to the fullest too. And not every day is great, but uh, having that drive is, is so important and working with a purpose. Well, and as we've talked about, I mean, purpose is purpose and energy go hand in hand. If you have a purpose or you feel that, that you have a purpose being somewhere or being a part of something, it's very, very hard to understand, a per, understand that purpose and be negative. If, it, if your role can be clearly defined or if your end goal can be clearly defined, it's, it's a lot easier and it, it makes the job a lot more attainable to get to that end result and, and attain, that, attain that purpose, whatever it may be. It's really interesting, actually, in this book, you know, the strength finders we did was through Gallup. And there's a, poll, there's a, there's a statistic in here from Gallup that says, the Gallup poll estimates that there are 22 million negative workers in the United States that cost around $300 billion in productivity a year. I think that's, int- I think that's so crazy because, you know, on the very next line, it says negativity not only kills 
productivity. I'm going to replace that with purpose, though, just because we're talking in a general sense. Negativity not only kills purpose, it also kills people. And it, it kills people's drive, too. I mean, when, when you don't have that purpose, it's so much easier for negative thoughts to creep into your brain. Is it not? Yeah, when you don't have a really good set in stone direction, it's easy to listen in to those that have negative things to say. I mean, Jeremy, I, I know probably deep down in your in your subconscious, you wanted to be in baseball analytics. And uh, unfortunately, you had faced a little bit of adversity with some comments that were thrown at you. But I think that you knowing what you wanted to be helped you continue to put out that content just to be a very, you know, have a very specific like example here. Yeah. There's always going to be people who like want to invalidate your work. Like I've actually just started, like, I still get it today where people like, um, no, you're wrong because you're, it's clearly can't, I can't explain why you're wrong. I don't understand the stuff you're putting out, but you're wrong because I don't see it. And like, they just continue to try to invalidate your work. Or sometimes you'll actually go out and help people. You'll try to get them off the ground. And then later when they're off the ground, they view you as a competitor and they try to take you out of, of the picture. And like, that's something I face. I, I literally faced it this weekend while I was at the wedding. Someone started to try to like invalidate my work. And I was like, dude, have a little respect. I'm literally at a wedding right now. I cannot keep, I literally, I I literally cannot keep replying to you to defend myself because I I'm out celebrating my good friend's wedding. So it's like, it's a constant battle of just trying to, you know, deflect that negative energy and continue what you're you're passionate about and follow on that motivation and you know baseball is something I, I i love and i love the baseball analytics part so it's not hard to like keep the passion but dude getting rid of that negative energy is definitely a, a huge step in the right direction if you can or what about just being someone trying to invalidate you because you're young i mean obviously that's one thing that we've talked about you know we're in the defining decade we're by no means experienced by no means have we we by no means are we experienced professionally. By no means do we have a lot of life experience compared to a lot of other people. And, and that's one thing that's very common, especially in people just starting out, is they get invalidated because you're young. And Jeremy, I know for a fact you've experienced that in your career. That's something I've experienced. You know, and that's something Nick's experienced. We all experience it. You walking into a meeting with someone who's maybe 45 years old, and not to say that all 45-year-olds are bad. I know a lot of great people who are 45, 50, whatever age. But, you know, th- that can be something that, that pops into your mind. And um, obviously, I hope it's something that, that people become conscious of and, and understand. But it's also um, something that, that us as young people have to realize and, and maybe button things up a little, a little bit more when you're going to meet with someone who's a little bit older or, or make sure that, that things are tightened a little bit more just so you, you have your facts straight. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And in baseball specifically, we see this really, really big push towards advanced analytics. And it, it really becomes an old school versus new school philosophy on how the game should be played. Where, you know, advanced analytics is more towards getting swings and misses, hitting the ball as hard as you can. Not bunting because bunting is a free out. Where in old school baseball, it's like, okay, we bunt, we throw to contact, we don't hit home runs. And it really butts heads because... Now you're starting to see some of the new school guys be very successful in what they do. And, and it really, it, it, sometimes it pisses off the old school guys and they, they want to invalidate you because they were really good back in their day with, with their ideas. But now they wouldn't be so successful because 
it's just changed and and people can't really really accept the change i guess well yeah that the change is the, is the the key there and and no matter what uh, the world is always changing and and we need to evolve with it with our ideas and how we approach and prep the world but uh as it relates to george and and his kind of the final uh wrap up piece to the book is is just his overall outlook on life is is when he is more positive sees more positivity and feels the the momentum start working in his favor uh he's able to just take on more he has more of a head of steam and uh, i think that when we try to start things like a podcast or uh an apparel business or or, or a retail business it's kind of hard because we don't know what all the answers are right away. And I think sometimes people need to know those answers before they take off, but it's so cool to see what kind of creativity comes through the process. And, uh, none of us would be able to get to where we are now without a little bit of drive and purpose of, of making this thing work. But, um, I, I, uh, Cole, I think you had something. Well, yeah, just to kind of, you know, we, we'd mentioned it and I wanted to get to it just really fast before we do wrap it up. You know, you, you had mentioned the energy vampire. Right. And that's something that George in this book he deals with at, at work is, you know, a couple people that are kind of sucking the life out of everyone else and even him. Right. And, and it's important um, that we understand those people and, and understand that those people have a place in this and, and they have a, have a role. But because the ultimate, you know, there's a chapter that's the ultimate rule of positive energy. And that is your positive energy and vision must be greater than anyone's and everyone's negativity. Your certainty must be greater than everyone's doubt. And so as you're trying to get people on your, your energy bus and as you're deciding to jump on other people's energy buses, um, it's important to realize that and, and ask yourself that question if, is your, your positivity going to be greater than, than everyone's negativity? We're not saying you have to be perfect and we're not saying it has to be 100% of the time. But you have to make a conscious and 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 con, a conscious and concentrated effort to make that happen, and uh, you have to be certain, uh, and you have to leave no doubt that that your vision is true. You're going to hold strong to that, and and when you do that, it's naturally going to attract other people. Yeah, I think people were, are are just more, um, and as, I love how Joy says, just pep in the step. It's just so nice to see those individuals where you're wondering what the heck did they did they just drink a, a double espresso of coffee today or or why why are they so amped up because again uh, unfortunately in our times there's a lot of negativity and I think if you are someone that can control and and put out more positivity into the world I think we're going to ultimately see uh, a more positive world but uh, just to wrap things up here Jer why don't you go ahead and and plug social and or Cole if you need to do so. Yeah, uh, if you guys enjoyed the episode, please go ahead and find us on social media on Instagram at State Street Pod. On Twitter, it is at State Street Pod. And on Facebook, it is the State Street Podcast. And if you enjoyed the episode, please go give us five stars and subscribe. So the last thing I wanted to say as it relates to the book, but also just uh, for, for folks, is the number 10 rule is, is to have fun. And I only say this because I need a pleasant reminder of having fun myself and, and just enjoying the ride. But uh, as kind of a final remark, I, I know Colton was a big advocate of having fun. And if there's any one thing I could remember him by is, is he's someone that lived life large and uh, he had a, a hell of a time doing it. So 
Um, it was great to be able to have this episode uh, with uh, with him and then also with uh, the energy bus as well too. But uh, for all those that are looking to go get in some hunting, you guys better be fully packed and ready to go. And hey, and until next time, guys, thanks.